You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a wild and wooly Wednesday edition of the podcast. Yeah, we're having fun with alliteration here today, folks. BYU ranked number 14 in the initial college football playoff rankings. Did the Cougars get screwed? You'll hear from Kalani Sitake. You'll hear from College Football Playoff Committee Chair Gary Barta. A lot of comments ahead, and there's a lot of shade being thrown. And man, I'm excited to break that down. We'll also talk about BYU basketball. Their season opener is tonight at the Marriott Center against against Westminster. Have some thoughts on that game that we'll share with you and preview that contest. So a lot to get to on a Wednesday edition of the show. It's brought to you today by our good friends over at Built Bar, as well as All Guard Pest Control. We'll tell you more about both of those great companies here in just a minute. All right, with that rundown out of the way, let's get into it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for November 25th, 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Of course, it is Thanksgiving Eve. I'm thankful for all of you and your support of the podcast. I mean that. It is a blast to be with you guys every day talking BYU sports. And today's show... uh, (laughs) Um... I'm going to try and get through this without getting too over the top on it, but man, what in the world? Number 14 in the initial college football playoff rankings, Cincinnati at seven. Okay, college football playoff committee, we need to have some discussions about what in the world y'all were thinking. Here's the deal that I most have an issue with. They put a Georgia team at number nine that is five and two on the season, and they were a team that barely beat Mississippi State, who's, by the way, Mississippi State full rebuild mode. Mike Leach is going to have to rebuild that and do what he wants to do. But uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs played against Georgia with what reported 49 healthy players and almost won that game. But meanwhile, Georgia gets a top 10 ranking because they're in the SEC, you know, big dogs, only beat one team with a winning record, Auburn, but that's all off to the side. Or is it? Well, let's start off our tour of sound for today with Gary Barta. He is the college football playoff committee chairperson. He's also the athletic director for the University of Iowa. He was asked the first question on the teleconference last night with the media about BYU, and here's what he had to say. Well, uh, to start with, uh, when you look at the schedule, look at the teams, as I mentioned uh, earlier tonight, uh, right now BYU's uh, best win is is over uh, Boise State, and in that game, uh, I think they got down to their third-string quarterback. Um, they have played te- three teams. Uh, BYU has played three teams against uh, 500 or better opponents, but when you, when you move over to Cincinnati, uh, they're four and zero against 500 teams, and and uh, had quality wins as recently as this past weekend against Central Florida, but also earlier against SMU. And and Cincinnati uh, is in top 20, is in the top 20 both in scoring offense and scoring defense. So those are some of the differences um, as as we took a look at it. 
With all due respect to Mr. Barda, he is talking out of his rear end. And I'm censoring this because I know I have young listeners' ears who are listening to this podcast. You just said that BYU beat an injury-depleted Boise State team. Sure, that's true. BYU also was missing coaches and players from that game, but let's ignore that part of the conversation. Going back to my point about Georgia, barely beating an injury-depleted Mississippi State team doesn't seem to affect them much because, oh wait, they play in the SEC. You also went up to Boise State speaking of BYU and administered one of the worst beatings that program has ever had on the blue turf. I believe the second worst beating, 34 points, the second worst beating that program has ever suffered on their home turf. And you know what? That doesn't count for Jack Diddley's squat, apparently, according to Mr. Barta. Also talking about Cincinnati being top 20 in defense and scoring and offense. Um, has the committee watched BYU football play? If I'm Tom Homo, I'm calling up Ronnie Lott, my former San Francisco 49ers teammate, by the way, and saying, Ronnie, what in the world, man? Are you watching us play? Do you just want to say that, oh, I f- went to sleep before you guys played football, so sorry, I haven't seen you guys play. And you know what? I got mad respect for a lot of media people out there in the world. Matt Leinert, Alex Kirshner, Tim Brando. I'm seeing people up and down the Twitterverse last night who were stepping up and saying, BYU at 14, what in the world are you guys thinking? And even on the college football playoff reveal show, Kirk Herbstreit just kept going back to it saying, 14 for BYU? What is going on here? And what is going on here? I don't get it. This screams to me that BYU is just being severely undervalued. Could it be that the committee wants to make BYU go out and schedule some more games? Sure, that may be part of why they went the way they went, but 14, I don't get it. It just seems too low to me, and that's my personal opinion. Kalani Satake was on that ESPN show last night, and he did not mince words when asked about what's going on with BYU, in particular, the quote-unquote ducking of Washington. Here you go. There's this narrative out that we were hiding or, or ducking or waiting, uh, and that's just not true. It's a false narrative. Uh, I want to make sure everybody understands we're not afraid of anybody. We will respect everyone that we play, but we, there's no fear in this. But it's not anything unique to us. Uh, that's what makes college football great. Nobody's afraid of anybody. You know, uh, we're not afraid of Washington. They're not afraid of us. Uh, that's why we dedicate our lives to this game. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we can we can do a lot. And to be honest with you, we have uh, two weeks left that are open, December 5th and December 19th, that we're willing to play football. And, uh, you know, if there's anybody that are actually have an availability to play those games, we would love to do it. The Kalani Satake you guys just heard is the Kalani Satake that his first couple of years at BYU as head coach was the guy who was getting unsportsmanlike conduct penalties called on him for defending his players too vigorously on the sideline. One of which was a, what I call a dubious pass interference call against the University of Utah. And Kalani was asked by administrators at BYU to quote-unquote cool it. They felt like he was being too over the top. He is a competitor. There are famous, legendary stories if you talk to some of his former teammates about his competitiveness while he was a Cougar player in the late 90s and early 2000s. Kalani is a competitor. He is as competitive as anybody out there, and he does not show this side of him a lot anymore, but what we heard and what we saw last night is that competitor inside of him. He 
wants nothing more than to have the respect of the nation for his football program. He will go to war, not in a literal sense, in a figurative sense, for his guys. His players mean the world to him. He learned at the foot of one of the great football coaches in this sport, Lavelle Edwards. Anybody who denigrates the good name of Lavelle, you're going to have an army of people, myself included, who are going to want to fight you. Lavelle is a legend, and Kalani learned at his feet and has emulated many of the great things that Lavelle taught him both as a player and while he was a coach. Kalani... He, he saw it as a slight for his football program. Here's hoping, just me speaking frankly about this, that this is the motivation BYU draws upon over the next few weeks, no matter who they play. Are they going to get Cincinnati next week? I don't know. I have heard good things about that. To answer some of your questions you guys send in on social media, I have heard there have been inquiries made to, about a BYU-Cincinnati matchup on December 5th. So BYU has at least made the phone call, has reached out to some people. I'm not saying here that that's going to happen. I can't say that at this point. I would hope it does. I personally want to see it happen. I also get Cincinnati would have a lack of motivation considering, no, oh, they got into the top 10. They're ranked number seven. A couple of breaks, and they may find themselves on the just on the outside of the college football playoff. I, I felt like BYU got screwed. They got jobbed last night. Plain and simple. Call me a homer. Call me what you will. But this is a BYU podcast. It's my podcast. And I'll speak frankly about whatever I want. I thought BYU got hosed. And here's hoping that over the next few weeks is BYU hopefully add some opponents. And not going to lie, I feel for whoever's up next for BYU on their schedule, San Diego State or not. Because BYU is going to be playing with their, with their hair on fire. These players... They feel the disrespect they feel like they received last night from the college football playoff committee. And you can guarantee that they are going to go out there and want to lay it on people. The fact that they used Boise State, a beatdown of epic proportions, as the example to denigrate and downgrade BYU. Boy, howdy. Let's play that game again. I'll give Hank Bachmeyer, George Halani, and whoever the hell else play miss that game for Boise State they can play in the rematch and I'll still take BYU with two touchdowns easily but the best part is the best quote of the night didn't even come in those first two clips folks we'll get to that here in just a minute and you're not going to want to miss it Kalani Satake laid it on thick about Boise State we'll get to that today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Built Bar love this company guys got some specials coming up later this week for Black Friday and Cyber Monday so stay tuned for those later on in the week Uh, but a reminder for you guys Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market I love them. We talked about Amber last week and another shout out for Amber. She said that she has really enjoyed these built bars. She is not alone. A number of you have reached out over the what about a year we've been doing these advertisements with built bar and we love this company. They have the best tasting protein bars. You will never crave a protein bar like you will crave a built bar. And I mean that I, I endorse it wholeheartedly. 18 unique flavors out there and you can go to builtbar.com put together a custom box of whatever flavors you like and give them a shot the best part right now you can save 20% on your order by going to builtbar.com and using the promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n save yourself 20% and enjoy the best tasting protein bars out there 
I mean it when I say it. These are the perfect complement for wherever you're at in your health journey. Whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight, you're on the keto diet, Built Bars, they're the perfect complement. Give them a shot, guys. That's BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Save 20% on your next order and enjoy the best tasting protein bars on the market with Built Bar. I know many of you have heard the clip that we are about to talk about on this podcast, but I would be doing you a disservice if you did not hear it. Kalani Satake spoke to the local media, myself included, last night after the announcement of the college football playoff rankings. And when he was asked about what he what he thought of the rankings and what uh, the excuse with the Boise State thing was and blah, 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 blah. Well, Kalani didn't mince words and kind of laid it on thick. Here you go. They mentioned BYU, but last I checked, I didn't know that the quarterback for Boise State played defense. I think if they're going to really look at it, they should probably look at all the different things. And we know how hard it is to win with your third string quarterback. We did it last year. I just know that we have a team that's really deep. You know, I'm, I'm getting, I, I'm trying not to get too frustrated. I know Jay wants to see me get mad and all that, but you guys have seen us. You guys have seen games where you're like, hey, where's this guy? Where's that guy? We've never been full strength, but we don't cry about it either. We just go on and play and, and we feel really good with our depth, but how how many times have we played with missing linemen or missing position here and there and really haven't skipped a beat as a team? And I think that's a huge compliment to our depth on our team, huge compliment to our coaches and the development of our players, and then huge compliment to the talent that we have here. I'm going to get this out of way right now. Oh, snap. Kalani Satake laid it down, folks. He is not happy. <laughs> I love it. Boise State fans have been crawling all over my mention since I tweeted out that first bit. I didn't realize that the quarterback played defense for Boise State. Kalani, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. The old Bronco thing. Love continued loves this quarterback. I mean, it was a Tenor Mangum or some such, but love continued loves. That quote from Kalani Satake is it the gift that keeps on giving. I guarantee whenever you're listening to this podcast, if you go to my Twitter feed at Jacob C. Hatch, there will be a Boise State fan or three who are probably still whining and moaning about BYU and how that's so disrespectful, blah, 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 blah. You know what? He's not wrong, folks. BYU thumped Boise State. And Bronco fans, they don't like the fact that they got thumped on their home turf and they got it just absolutely handed to them. They got it handed to them by a third string quarterback, as you heard him talk about a year ago. Their media up there in Boise is trying to defend this, saying, well, it's, a little, it's different. This, this fourth string quarterback was thrown in with about five seconds notice. Great. You know what? Semantics are semantics. The playoff committee used semantics to denigrate BYU and downgrade their accomplishments this season. You guys are trying to downplay BYU landing uh, just a massive, massive knockout on the blue turf. You know what? Each it to your own. Y'all have your prerogative. I have mine as well. But Kalani Satake, he gets it, folks. And he's going to go to battle for his players. And I got mad respect for that man. And... I I don't know how to say it any better than this. Kalani Satake is the best representative as a head coach of BYU that should be in the job right now. And if I'm BYU, I'm ponying up to make sure that he stays at BYU long term. I don't control that, though. I know they're facing a massive uh, crunch in terms of salary. And by the way, quick note, we're going to talk about this here in a minute. Big ups to Mark Pope getting the contract extension that he got after just one year. Kalani, I think, probably deserves another one, but 
that's neither here nor there. So to answer some of your questions real quick here that I reached out on social media last night asking for some comments, etc. One of them, Jimmy Cheshire, Jimmy Chesh said, why didn't Tom or Kalani say something sooner to squash the narrative of BYU, quote unquote, ducking Washington? And did that cost them? I don't think it actually did. I think that BYU, they probably could have fired back immediately, Jimmy, and said, whoa, 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 this ain't us. We didn't do this, blah, 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 blah. The problem is, in my opinion, he who leaks the information first controls the narrative, and the narrative was already out there. So you know what, BYU... Get your response in order, make sure it's measured, make sure you cover all your bases, and then go back at it. I think most of the public, if they're paying attention and get past their myopic, nearsighted view of what they may think about BYU, realize it was a big old dog and pony show because we found out last night that, oh, lo and behold, um, Washington and Utah are playing. No bleep, Sherlock. Come on now. <laughs> I, I'm fired up if you can't tell on this podcast, folks. <laughs> the fact that they were, quote unquote, ducking Washington is just the most asinine thing I have heard in some time. You know what? I've got mad respect for a bunch of sports journalists out there. Guys like Stuart Mandel, he needs to lay off because Stu dug himself into a hole, has been backing up his reporters. One of them in particular is good friend, uh, Bruce Feldman. And they reported what they were told. And I get they were doing their job. But when it's very clear what is going on and you keep going back and forth on this, just leave it alone at bare minimum. You're not going to get an apology out of Stu. He is, like most high-profile media members, well, they have egos. Plain and simple. They got egos. I have an ego. Trust me, I, I do. You can ask my wife about it. She loves to knock me down a peg or two when she feels like I'm I, my ego's a little too big for, for its own good. So I, it, it is what it is. BYU probably could have fired back if they wanted to, but it would have come off as petty for most people. And I think that the narrative itself has just burned itself out because, oh, wow, shocking. Um, Wednesday night, we're having uh, Washington and Utah play. Who could have foreseen that? I reported it Monday night that Washington was preparing for Utah. And if you knew the people who told me that Washington was preparing for Utah, you would even question why I reported that. Just saying. So anyways, we move on from that. Some other uh, questions here. Greg Duckwitz, he says, comparison of strength of schedule versus other teams ranked higher. I would genuinely like an honest take on this as I've seen, heard BYU is actually not that bad compared to others, i.e. Indiana's loss to the Sun Belt. What else? It's not Indiana, by the way. It's Iowa State. And not sure what other numbers bear out. You can look at many strength of schedule things. There's components out there that have BYU either in the bottom third of the college football playoff or college football in general, excuse me. And there's others that have BYU in the mid-40s or higher than that. It's all in the eye of the beholder. I can tell you this much. 2020 is a strange college football season. If BYU goes and schedules some opponents for both December 5th and December 19th and beats the crap out of them, you know what? At that point, BYU's 12-0 probably has played the most games or tied for the most games in college football this season and won the most games probably at that point. And if the college football playoff committee wants to hold them out at that point, you know what? If you're if you're BYU, you say, I don't know what else we can do, and you just you, you, you leave it there. Control the controllable if you're BYU. 
Go out and beat the crap out of these coming opponents. If I'm Kalani Satake, by the way, and this is just my personal opinion on this, I have no way of telling you if he's actually going to do this, but be my personal recommendation. There ain't no calling the dogs off at any point the rest of this season. Zach Wilson, you're going four quarters. I don't care if we put up 70, 80, 90 points. We are laying it on, and we ain't calling the dogs off. And I'd even warn the opposing coaches going into the game. You know what? We feel like we've been disrespected. We feel like we need to make a statement. I'm sorry if this gets out of hand, but we are not stopping for anything. That's my personal opinion of what should happen. I don't know that Kalani Satake has it in him to do that because he is a guy who's very respectful of the game and he believes, I think, in a large degree that karma and bad bad juju can come your way if you really uh, mess with things. But, man, at this point, if you're BYU, what do you have to lose? Go out there, hand it to these opponents and see what you can do and uh, leave it out there on the field. Plain and simple. Control what you can control and lay it on there. A couple other things from you real quick. Curtis Murphy, I'm not sure if I'm too late to make the podcast, but the question I have is, is it realistic that BYU will play Cincinnati in the regular season? I kind of acknowledged that just a little bit ago, Chris. I do think that there have been inquiries made. Like I said, it could be as simple as they made a phone call to Cincinnati and Cincinnati said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, click. It could be as simple as that. But I have been told by people that I trust that BYU has made inquiries about a potential matchup with the Cincinnati Bearcats. I'm fully on board with seeing that game played. Many of you may disagree with that, but I really do look forward to seeing what BYU puts together on the schedule. And like I said, <laughs> I, I I feel for BYU's future opponents, San Diego State and whoever else ends up on the slate. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we do need to switch gears and talk some BYU basketball. Originally, it was my plan to actually talk the majority of the show today on BYU basketball, but when you get golden topics like we had from last night, you spend the time talking about the golden topic. We'll get to BYU and Westminster here in just a minute, as well as a new contract extension for Mark Pope. We'll get to all of that ahead. Reminder for you guys that today's show is brought to you by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. Love this company. I can't recommend it enough. A local company, by the way, here along the Wasatch Front that wants to help you guys make sure that you don't have any issues when it comes to your pest control needs. No matter what it is, ants, spiders, uh, katydids, mice, they can handle it all, and they handle handle it professionally. They also do commercial properties. If you have a commercial business or property you need taken care of, they can handle that as well. They can scale up or down to make sure that your pest control needs are handled and handled the right way. Anytime you need it, give them a call, 801-851-1812. I give All Guard Pest Control my highest recommendation, and I mean it when I say it. They take care of my home. Seth and his team are the best of the best. Seth is a massive BYU fan to boots. When you give him that call, make sure to mention Locked On Cougar sent you, and make sure that you mention that you're a BYU fan, and I can guarantee you they'll take good care of you. We love this company. I love this company. I can't recommend it enough, and they will fit whatever you want in your pest control service. They are happy to scale, like I said, up or down to fit whatever you need. That's All Guard Pest Control. You can learn more about them by going to their website. That's All Guard Pest Controls with an S, allguardpestcontrols.com. Also, give them a call once again, 801-851-1812. That's All Guard Pest Control, a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. All right, as you go out the door here on this Wednesday edition of the show, BYU basketball will open their season tonight amidst a cloudy, cloudy atmosphere in college basketball. 
Uh, University of Utah, both men's and women's programs have paused activities. Their men's program will not open its season until at least next week. Uh, there are programs around the country canceling games, postponing games. BYU was supposed to play UVU this coming Saturday, and UVU, their game today at Stanford, which is Mark Madsen's alma mater, has been canceled due to UVU having to go on pause. I don't think BYU and UVU are playing Saturday, if I'm being frank about it. Uh, I just don't see how you can't play a game on Wednesday and all of a sudden, hey, turn around Saturday and be like, hey, we're good, let's do this thing. I could be wrong about that, but BYU is going to open their season tonight against against Westminster, a Division II opponent from up there in Salt Lake City. And this has got a storyline in it that's very interesting to me, but it's unfortunate that it can't be played out on the court. And what I mean by that is Westminster had one of their leading players, if not their best player, Brandon War, decided to enter the transfer portal this past offseason, and he ended up joining the BYU f- basketball program. Uh, War is a six foot five guard, was a fantastic player for uh, Westminster by all accounts, was all RMAC second team honoree in a, as a junior last year. He averaged 15.3 points and almost nine rebounds, shot 37.1% from three point range. Let's put it this way. Brandon was a guy who looked like he was going to be a leading player for the Griffins this year, and now he's on the BYU bench. You will not see him on the court tonight unless something really strange has taken place and he's been declared eligible. He was expected to take a red shirt this year and then play his senior season next year for the Cougars after transferring. He was not a graduate transfer with immediate eligibility. If he is cleared, the storyline actually could be a little, little more in play, but had this game been in a normal year, BYU and Westminster might have played in an exhibition game where BYU actually can play guys who are going to be red shirting the coming year. You actually can play in those games. Brendan War would have been eligible to play had this been an exhibition game. But as it stands, this is an actual game on BYU's schedule. This is their first official game of the season, and Brendan War will be on the sideline looking on as his former teammates do battle against the Cougars. What do I expect from tonight's game? Well, I think the first things first is getting used to a new roster for BYU men's basketball. A lot of turnover. Seven seniors from last year's team departed. You have a lot of incoming talent. Matt Harms, Brandon Averett, graduate transfers into the program. Caleb Lohner, the star freshman who committed to BYU after signing with Utah. He's on the roster and expected to make an impact. Of course, you have holdovers like Connor Harding, as well as Alex Barcelo, as well as the guys who redshirted last year. Wyatt Lowell, probably not going to play tonight, still a shoulder issue they had shoulder, shoulder surgery for. He's going to ha- be out. But Richard Harward, his former UVU teammate, will, will be out there for the first time. There's going to be a lot of new faces playing for BYU men's basketball, but I'm looking forward to seeing how they do tonight. And just a heads up that, you know what, the grind doesn't stop with this podcast. So if you guys want some hot takes on this first game against Westminster, well, you're coming to the right place because I'm going to have a special edition of the podcast tomorrow. We're not technically required to do a podcast tomorrow, but if BYU's playing hoops, they're playing sports, Jake Hatch is going to be covering it. He'll be talking about it. Maybe a shorter edition of the podcast tomorrow, a Turkey Day edition but we will have it nonetheless as we also preview BYU's second game, which is, happens to be tomorrow night against the New Orleans pri- Privateers. So BYU basketball right into it, folks. And here's hoping that everything they've talked about, them keeping themselves clear with COVID, holds true. Hopefully everything is handled the right way and they can get through the season without incident. Do I think they will? Maybe not. I think BYU football has proven that incidents will pop up, but if you can skate through it, relatively healthy and hopefully finish the season and maybe have an NCAA tournament caliber squad at the end of it all, I think you will declare it a success. 
I think this team is going to take some time to get used to, but I think there is a lot of talent on the roster, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Mark Pope does with this team. And by the way, congratulations once again to Mark Pope. Very cool to see him get a contract extension after that marvelous debut season a year ago. He is now signed through the 2026-2027 season, and an interesting tidbit in the release from BYU last night was that the contract discussions and in an effort to help BYU athletics with budget concerns, I'm quoting right from the story, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Coach Pope has actually elected to defer his increased compensation in the new contract into future years. So that means that Mark Pope understands that BYU, according to Tom Homo, is $20 million in the hole. He said, yeah, you want to give me some more money? Great. But you know what? Let's hold off till we're on a more stable financial footing to give me that extra money. That's a pretty awesome goodwill gesture by Mark Pope. Do I think that this will dissuade a lot of college basketball programs from making overtures to Mark Pope at some point here as he continues to have success as BYU men's basketball coach? Not at all. They have bigger pockets, deeper pockets, and they will chase Mark Pope to the ends of the earth if they have to. But the nice part is BYU is being proactive with Mark Pope. I hope this same belief and the same money that's backing what's going on with BYU men's basketball extends to BYU football. I hope that Kalani Satake gets a new contract because if he pushes out an 11-12-0 record and maybe a college football playoff and or New Year's Six bowl game, I don't know where they end up. They end up in some crappy also-ran bowl game. I'm going to be pissed personally. That's just me. But if he has that gaudy season, you got to reward him. So I hope that everything that is going into getting Mark Pope locked up through 2026, 2027, after just one year on the job, I hope that same belief is in Kalani Satake. My personal opinion on that, I freely admit that, but I am happy for Mark Pope. I'm glad he made a goodwill gesture in terms of the increased compensation, pushing that off to help BYU navigate the current financial crunch they find themselves in. But it's good to see Mark Pope being locked up. And like I said, hopefully the same goodwill gestures, etc., the negotiations, the money, etc., all extends to BYU football as well. Because Kalani Satake is going to have people chasing him, folks. You don't have to believe me. People I have talked to have already acknowledged that BYU understands that, hey, Kalani's going to get increased attention as they continue to have success here. And for good reason. BYU is never going to pay top dollar. And there's only so long I think many guys can say, you know what? I can make this much or I can go make triple that. It's hard to turn that down, but here's hoping that BYU has a great run here under both Coach Pope as well as Coach Satake with both men's and women's basketball. And once again, best of luck to BYU men's basketball as they open up the 2020-2021 season tonight at the Merritt Center. You can watch it on BYU TV. Tip-off set for 7 o'clock. I think it'll be a fun night of BYU basketball. And like I said, we'll have a special edition, a Turkey Day edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast for you guys tomorrow. Talking about the game against Westminster. Maybe some straggling thoughts on BYU football with the whole deal with the college football playoff. And also a preview of the New Orleans Privateers game tomorrow night. And of course, we'll have a full edition Friday for Black Friday. And we're on into the next week and hoping that BYU is playing football come a week from saturday all right that's going to do it big thank you once again for joining us on the podcast it is a blast i mean it sincerely thanks for bearing with me today i hopefully i made sense hopefully i got through it and was very clear with my thoughts on it and like i said i'm a big stand for clients to talk in the byu football program they deserve better than what they got last night from the college football playoff committee but your 
opinions may differ. Follow the show on social media and sound off on it. Locked on Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My personal Twitter feed once again is at Jacob C. Hatch. And feel free to email the show. Locked on BYU at gmail.com is the email address. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy your Thanksgiving Eve. If we don't talk to you guys before the Thanksgiving holiday is here, enjoy your holiday. I mean it sincerely. I'm thankful for each and every one of you and your support of the podcast. I wish the best to you and yours. Enjoy the holiday with your family, your friends, food, football, whatever you do on Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. We will be back with you guys again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 25th, 2020. And we will talk to you guys manana.